Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm in all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 5. The First Year Three Dak trailed warmly as a young as they crawled from the moist swamp soil. The first thing they saw while blinking against the bright light of the morning was a form looming over them and offering scraps of hardened meat. Each whelp was barely the size of one of her graspers and just about as intelligent. One by one they darted out and took the meat in her hand and scurried off into the swamp. The part of her shaped by human memories and experiences screamed that she should care for and rear her young, but that wasn't the way of the Dutch doll. Until the end of their first year, they were nothing more than animals, unintelligent and ruled by instinct. Protecting and nurturing them would be a labor-intensive fool's errand. His simple paddock wouldn't be able to contain the agile and feral whelps especially if they tried to flee from her as the potential predator. She snorted. It wasn't an entirely illogical response. In times of famine, it wasn't unknown for Dutch doll to eat the males and young. She smiled toothy at her young as they disappeared off into the swamp. In a year, her daughter's ancestral memories would awaken and they would realize their purpose. Tridak had no hold over them after their birth, but she was sure that the weight of their human recollections would draw them back. Once they shifted through their inheritance of reflections, her daughters would see that they had no choice but to join Tridak in her crusade to civilize the primitive race. Turning from the nesting ground, she returned to Lament, the grandiose name for what charitably might be called a compound. To date, her encampment consisted of a simple grain farm, two paddocks of Harton, her house and a smoking hut to preserve meat, a storage shed and a building that she had planned to turn into a forge. Threedak sighed. Despite all the skills passed on to her from the human benefactors, she still couldn't get the forge hot enough to melt iron. Whether it was the poor quality of the coal that she had extracted from the mountains, or an inability to blow enough oxygen over the flames, the result was nothing more than some slightly charred chunks of iron ore. Her difficulty in conquering iron made sense. All of her inherited memories came from society where day-to-day labors were performed by robots. Even though she had access to skills and techniques from the greatest that humanity had to offer, their knowledge of the Bronze and Iron Age was purely theoretical or from the hearted hobby projects. From them, Threedak knew what to do. It was how that drove her frustration. Still, there had been lots of progress. After a couple tries, she was able to make molds and cast a handful of spearheads, an axet, and a knife from the Bronze to supplement the stone tools but her inability to work iron was holding her settlement back. The knife and the axe that dealt too quickly, forcing her to pound them back into shape and reshaping them so frequently that it slowed her work noticeably. Luckily, none of the other tribes came to raid the swamp in the intervening time. The needle pistol was almost empty, and once it was out, she would be stuck with the two throwing spears, long spear, a hand axe, None of the other Dutch doll really knew how to use weapons other than a stone or natural glass. 
But that didn't make her hopeful about the odds against an entire tribe. She could only hope that the fear of the swamp tribe would keep the others away long enough for her daughters to grow up, or for her to figure out iron. Even just iron pauldrons and braces would go a long way towards keeping her safe. Threedak hummed to herself as she went to the smoking hut, a squat building made of crude bricks. Outside the hut was a sheltered fire pit where she boiled the leather of the hardened hides that hardened them into armor and containers. She threw another log on the fire before using a stick to push the pile of cherry red coals. One by one, she picked them up with a flat rock and brought them into the smoking hut where they joined the other embers amongst the damp wooden chunks of the swamp. She waved a fan made of leaves over a couple times and smoldering flames to make the flare up a little, and then coughed as a wave of smoke assaulted the sensitive membranes of her throat. The walls of the hut were filled with the poles slotted into the walls, hanging heavy with the hardened meat. Unlike humans, the Dodge doll couldn't subsist on grain, so storing food for the winter would be an issue, one that many Dodge doll tribes resolved via ritualistic cannibalism. Until she managed to figure out refrigeration or find salt, this would be her primary method for preserving food. It didn't taste nearly as good as fresh meat, but she preferred it to starvation. She exited her hut and stared up the sky. The sun spent less time in the sky each day, and soon winter would come. Her storage shed was filled with grain for her heart and herds, and between their smoked meat and the herds themselves, Threedak was hopeful for the coming winter. The following months went more smoothly than expected. Winter came, and it was a mild one. None of the rival tribes moved during the winter, instead hunkering in place and sacrificing their weak and ill to appease the angels and end the cursed cold. Threedak paced herself, relying on hunting and spearfishing as much as she could on the warmer days, and her two herds of Harton survived the winter slightly skinnier, but otherwise none the worse for wear. Spring came and the swamp shifted from grey to brown to a slightly more green-brown. Threedag hunted enough to lay another two clutches of eggs while adding to her heartened herds, the abundance of grain allowing most of the heartened to give birth during the mating season. And Threedag ensured that only the largest males mated with the sows. It was a long-term plan, but eventually selective breeding would increase the size of the heartens of her herd. During winter, Threedak wasn't able to range far enough to search for better coal, so she still hadn't solved the iron problem. Instead, whenever she wasn't hunting, she devoted herself to leatherworking. It took some time for her to figure out the correct heat and time to soak the heart and hides, so as to layer and harder them. But by the time spring came around, she had figured the trick to it. The armor she fashioned from the slaughtered hearten was crude and difficult to put on, but it would likely turn aside a weapon used by the rival Dutch Tull. Unfortunately, even Harton was a good deal smaller than Threedak, making so the armor consisted of boiling each hide individually and frantically molding it into the shape that it would need to be before stitching them together with the sinew and bone needle. She ruined several of her hides before she learned the trick from stitching them together, while still supple enough from the boiling. If she sewed too slowly, the leather would harden to the point where her graspers couldn't force the needle through it. Eventually, she fitted the ugly mess onto herself. She couldn't twist far enough to get to the rearmost pair of legs and tail, but it loosely fit over her torso. 
Crossbiz, middle legs, and side, combined with a shield, a circle, a bronze, and boiled leather stretched over it, and soft work leather looped around the crossbiz sewn into the back, she finally felt moderately secure against the hazards of the wilderness. Threedak would be in trouble if she were to be flanked, but so long as she was attacked from the front, she was pretty sure that she could survive an encounter with a Starbok, let alone a Dodge Tower. Spring faded into summer, and Threedak began to have some problems with her neighbors. At first, it was nothing much, a sighting of a scouting Dutch doll on the horizon that she would scare away with a full punched bellow and challenged. But before long, they began to arrive in pairs and linger just out of range of a thrown spear, watching her and lament. Almost begrudgingly, Threedak shifted her efforts from more productive pursuits to building a two-story tower and a starve with a leather sling. None of the scouts came near enough to attack her, but if the tribe were to attack in force, she wanted to be able to defend the range and with a height advantage. She might be more accurate with a spear than a sling, but rocks were plentiful and cheap in a way that bronze spearheads were not. Of course, her decision was to use a sting was helped by the fact that none of her wood from the bog was springing enough to make a proper bow. No matter how much she tried it, the wood just splintered and cracked when she tried to bend it. The tower, little more than a square crude bricks and mortar, with an earthen ramp to roof progress quickly. Her plan was to build a low barrier on top that she could fire sling stones over and stock up the rooftop with enough stones and smoked meat to last out a siege. Finally, about a week or so after Threedak finished the building and stocking the tower, the attack came. For the last couple days, a scout had hung around lament almost constantly, so Threedak had taken to sleeping in her armor. While working in her smoking hut, she heard the deep bellows of challenge from outside. With a sigh, she walked out and saw the quartet of Dutch dolls standing at the edge of her encampment, two held spears while another two hefted heavy wooden clubs. Threedak checked to make sure that her hand axe was lashed securely to her armor before picking up a spear and shield. Ignoring the challenges, she walked towards the tower. The other Dutch tile whispered amongst themselves before the largest amongst them stepped forward and brandishing his club. I do not run or fight, she bellowed at Threedak. We issue a challenge, but you do not fight. You do not run. Explain. I mean to fight you, Threedak replied calmly, bringing her hand axe down on the cord of sinew that held up a wooden door to the tower in place. The door crashed down, blocking the only entrance to the tower. It had a handle on the inside, allowing her to exit, but it would prevent any of the attackers from easily accessing her. I just wanted to choose the place to fight. Now, are you going to carry through with this attack, or did your mothers hatch you with weak shells? The warrior bellowed back in rage, her simple mind unable to process the concept that Threedak might goad her into a trap. She charged straight into a stone from a sling. Threedak was barely proud of that shot. She hadn't had much time to train with the weapon, and although she could hit stationary targets with some accuracy, her current siege plan counted more on having a lot of rocks and any sort of real accuracy. The rock hit the warrior in the shoulder, breaking scales and stunning the dodge doll that didn't even see it coming. She paused, staring at the wound in confusion. Another rock embedded itself with a whir into the soft fur right next to her. Threedak frowned. The weapon was tricky to get a hang of, but she would hardly be able to maintain her self-proclaimed title as Queen of the Swamp if she let herself be bested by such an early juncture. 
Steadying herself, she swung the staff again, flicking her graspers to release the stone at the right moment. This time, the rock hit the confused Dutch doll in the forehead with an audible crack. Her opponent sank to all six legs, dropping her club. Threedak took advantage of her opponent's apparent concussion to slam another rock right into the middle leg. She stumbled into the ground, letting out a croak of pain. Which? One of the remaining three raiders blurred out. She used her magic on Lepsek. She's hurt her without touching and without spear. We need to leave before she hurts us without touching too. Quiet. A second attacker silenced the panicking Dutch tull. The priest put Lepsek in charge. We wait until Lepsek says what to do. Threedak flicked her membranes over her eyes in disgust as she realized another rock at the injured Lepsek. In that moment, she was glad that she had figments of the humans to keep her company over the last year rather than the rest of her kind. As lonely as she had grown, she suspected that having to deal with a simple-minded tribeswoman would have driven her to madness. As lonely as she had grown, she suspected that having to deal with a simple-minded tribeswoman would have driven her to madness. The rest of the bandits turned unexpectedly to Lapsack as Threedak pummeled her with rocks. Lapsack had long since lost consciousness, but Threedak simply wanted to make sure that the imposingly large Dodge doll was firmly dead before she shifted her aim. Finally, sure that the tribeswoman laying outside her storehouse was nothing more than a pile of protein, Threedak shifted her aim to Lapsack's companions. The remaining Dodge doll were debating what to do with the first insisting that they flee. It took Threedak another four throws before one of her rocks hit the survivor due to a long range. But that's all that it took. Dungog, speak truth! Her victim hissed, slapping her graspers over the broken scales that began leaking blood where the rock had hit. She is a witch! She hurt without touching! See? She gestured to the wound. With that, the remaining Dutch doll fled, periodically glancing over the shoulders to where Threedak stood triumphant in her tower. She smiled toothly at them. Today, they would run away, but soon her daughters would arrive. Together, they would wipe away the weak and the superstitious locals, consume their memories, and capture their males. Threedak nodded in satisfaction as she climbed down from the tower and collected her prize. Lapsack was bulky. Properly smoked, she could provide Threedak with enough protein to lay another clutch of eggs, and with weeks worth of food. Satisfaction. That was a new emotion for her. The life of a Dodge doll was always filled with crisis. There was almost never enough food, and if there was, there was time to lay eggs, emptying out your caloric stores. Now there was planning and purpose. A handful of buildings was inelegant and crude, but they were a clear stepping stone towards her daughter's eventual steps into space. That was something worth being satisfied about. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I will see you in the next video. Cheers.